Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. But if you have your Bible and uh, on the, your, your real Bible or your smartphone or your iPhone, whatever you have, your iPad, wherever you look for the Word and read it, let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. And I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Would you turn with me to John chapter 11? We're in a series called This Changes Everything. And if you weren't here last week to watch the teaching, let me encourage you to go on and listen to the podcast or go ahead and uh, watch on the archives uh, and take a look at that because I think it'll be life-changing for you. But today, I want to look at John chapter 11, beginning at verse 17. Look at several passages, so if you'll follow along with me. Are you ready? It says, when Jesus... Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Would you underline that phrase, four days? Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Mary, uh, Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got a word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, underline this next phrase, if only you would have been here. If only you would have been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, circle that phrase, even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Now, drop down to verse 32. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, look at the same thing again, Lord, if only you would have been here. Would you, would you underline that? My brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? Would you underline that phrase? Where have you put him? He asked. And they said, come and see. Circle that phrase, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Well, I've got that underlined in my Bible right there, the shortest verse, then Jesus wept. The people who were standing by said, oh, how much he loved him. And some said, look at this again, this man who healed the blind man, couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Would you underline that? Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry, angry, and he arrived at the tomb, a cave, and the stone rolled across the entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus said, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days, and the smell is what? The smell is terrible. I'm talking today about something stinks, but it's not Lazarus. Some, the smell is terrible. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you'd see God's glory if you believe? Verse 43, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus said, read it with me, unwrap him and let him go. The country and western singing band Sugarland has a song they did several years ago called There's Got to Be Something More. And several weeks ago, as the Lord put me into this passage to read it and reread it and read it and reread it again, I just felt like the Lord was saying, There's, there's something more. 
Keep looking. There's something more than what you haven't seen here. There's an, there's an application of this passage to our life. And so I want to apply it to our life today. Is that okay? That we take a look at that if you've got your study notes and, and you can get ready. And if you're taking notes, it'll be a great opportunity to get ready for that and to look at those. Uh, Jesus goes to where Lazarus is. And Lazarus is where? In a grave. In a what? In a tomb. I mean, that's where dead things are, right? Um, if you leave dead things around very long, they start to stank. Stank is one degree more than stink. And so uh, you, you don't want to leave dead, stinky things around. But you put them in a grave. A grave is a dark, lonely place. It's a stinky place. In life, things happen. Look at your neighbors say, things happen. Things probably have happened to you this week. Jesus said in this world, you'll have troubles. You'll have troubles, but nevertheless, be encouraged because I've overcome. Sometime, and this is where a lot of us are today, and some of you are dealing with this right now. Sometimes things that happen to us, maybe it's our fault, maybe it wasn't our fault, but things that happen to us, we just sort of push them down on the inside. We try to hide them. We try to bury them. We try to put them in a dark place so that nobody can see it. And then we roll a stone in front of that. And that stone says, don't go beyond this place. I'll let you get so close to me. I'll let you know so much about me. But in this area where I've got this stone rolled, I don't even want you to go near that. Because you see, behind that is something that stinks and it's really not Lazarus at this time. What I find is that God removes us from a situation, but then he has to remove that situation from us. Does that make sense? Sometimes we're in a difficulty, a trial, a storm, maybe a sin, uh, maybe abuse, uh, maybe a rape, whatever it is. And God lifts us up and he delivers us. He brings us out of that situation. But then sometimes we have to get that situation out of the inside of us. Uh, you may be removed from abuse. You were in an abusive situation. But still yet, you carry some of that. Maybe you, you have been rejected. Maybe your spouse rejected you. Maybe a, a ministry rejected you uh, for, for whatever. Or maybe your boss rejected you and, and just let you go. And, and, and so you're, you're struggling with that. And so what happens sometimes, instead of dealing with that rejection, the Lord lifts us out of that and says, you're going to move on. Life's going to be good. But then we've got to get the rejection out of us. And if we don't get the rejection out of us, we just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. But the question today is, what do we do with dead things? We bury them, right? We don't leave them around. Uh, Martha and Mary, the stench was getting too much. Lazarus was dead. Their hope was gone. They were at the end of their rope. And so they put him in a cave and they rolled a stone in front of that. So what can we do today? When we realize that there are areas of our life that even though the Lord has lifted us out of that area, there's still some things in us. Remember Israel, God led them out of Egypt, led them out of Egypt. But some 20 years later, the Lord says, I've got to roll away the reproach of Israel, of Egypt away from you. And so sometimes we can be delivered from sin. 
But yet there's still this feeling or these elements or these hurts from sin that we still carry on the inside. So what do we do about that? Here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, write this down. Be honest about your pain. Admit something stinks. Would you say that with me? Be honest about your pain. Admit that something stinks. Uh, Martha said, Lord, he's been dead for four days. There's a terrible smell. We we don't want to go back there and visit that. That was a painful place. Here's what the Lord said to me early this morning when I was praying for you. There's some of you that are here today have been carrying around something for too long. And the Lord wants to go to that very thing that you've buried today. And he wants to get that thing out of your life so that you can experience what it means to have a fresh start, a new start. But you've got to be honest. You've got to deal with it. I mean, we're, we're, we're just so strong. Oh, I can handle this. I can deal with this. Yeah, I'll, I'll handle this. And, and we, just, we just press it down. And, and, we, and we don't deal with it. And that, that pain, and, and, and it becomes like an infection. And it steals our joy. And it begins draining us. And we can't be who God wants us to be. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. There's somebody here today. I mean, as soon as I started this today, the Holy Spirit laid his finger on your heart and said, this is for you today. This is exactly for you today because you rolled a stone in front of that. You don't want to deal with it. You just want to say, well, I'll just get over it. It'll take time. But I'm here to tell you today, it will take more than time to get over the hurt that you have in your life, the rejection that still lingers there, even though God has lifted you out of that rejection. That rejection is still there. Here's what Jeremiah the prophet says. The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful. A puzzle that no one can figure out. Haven't you found that out about your own heart? You think you got it all figured out and then something comes up. You think, well, how did that happen? But look at this. But I, God, search the heart and I examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they are, not as they pretend to be. God's saying today, you've been saying, and somebody's been praying this this week, Lord, I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I don't want to keep making the same mistakes I'm making over and over and over. And the Lord says, first of all, you've just got to admit where you're hurting. You've got to admit that and let me deal with that. Because if you don't, you're just going to keep staying where you're staying. Second thing, we have to show him the place. Show him the place. Jesus asked this question in verse 34. Where have you put him? Now, don't you find that interesting? That it says that he knows the number of hairs or lack of hairs on our head. He knows everything about you. He knows even what you're thinking. He knows what we're, what we're going to pray about even before we pray about that. And then Jesus says to them, where have you put him? Where have you put him? Jesus didn't need to ask. He knew where he was. But you see, he only comes to the place that you invite him to come. So he's saying to someone here today, where have you put it? Where have you put that hurt? Where have you put that stinky thing? 
Where, where have you put it? Show me, here's what he's saying. Show me the painful places of your life. Show me the painful places of your life. No, stop it. Stop saying, I'm a big boy, I'm a big girl, I got this thing, I, I can't. No, he says, stop it. Admit that. And he said, now this morning, just, just, just take it all off. Take the mask off. And just show me. Show me the painful place in your life. Show me where your faith ended and you put the corpse in the tomb. Show me where your faith ended, where you said, I'm holding out as long as I can. Don't you think they held Lazarus out of that tomb as long as they could? But then the stake got bigger and bigger, so they had to put him in. Just like some of you, you held on for God's answer, for God's breakthrough, and it didn't come to the last minute. And then you just sort of put it in the grave, said, well, that's the past. I'll, uh, I'll never trust anybody again. I'll, I'll, I'll never be there again. And he says, show me where you came to the end of your rope. Show me where the end of your rope was. Show me where you held on as long as you could and you didn't think you could hold on any longer. And so you just put that dead thing, you just put it in a tomb somewhere and you rolled a stone in front of that and you said, nobody's going to deal with this. I'm not going to deal with this. It'll just get over with one of these days, but it's not. There's a smell that's coming out this morning that's affecting your life. Uh, Part of the problem is when we deal with things like this, We don't want to come out and say it, but we really believe in our heart that it's Jesus' fault. We don't pray like that. Uh, We we don't pray like that. You know, it's like, but we we think in our mind, okay, you're sovereign. That means you got everything in control. You can do whatever you want to do. So then why? Why did you let me go through that pain? Why did you let me go through that rejection? Notice what, notice what Martha says to Jesus in verse 21. Can't you see her with her hand on her hip? Lord, if you'd have been here, we wouldn't be in this mess. And then Mary comes up later in verse uh, 32 and says, Lord, if you'd have been here, if you'd have done what we ask, if you would have answered our prayers... And then in verse 37, the people said, isn't it sad that he who could heal a blind man couldn't keep this from happening? So here it is in our life. We say, Lord, I I wish this hadn't have happened. I, I don't know why this happened. I don't know. I prayed that this divorce wouldn't happen, but yet it happened. I don't understand that, God. I prayed and, and, and Lord, I, I know that I was abused as a child and you could have stopped that abuse if you wanted to, Lord, you could have stopped it. Lord, you could have stopped that accident. You could have stopped that death. You could have stopped that issue, Lord. You could have stopped my child from being addicted. I know you, you could have done that, God, and, and you didn't do it. And God, I've, I've given you everything, but you didn't do it. You see, it's, it's that same thing. Lord, if, if, you, if you would have just done what I asked you to do, then I wouldn't be going through all of this stuff that I'm going through right now. But notice how Martha processes this in verse 22. In verse 21, she says, Lord, if you'd have been here, uh, my brother wouldn't have died. But then look at this question. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. She simply says, Lord, I I don't understand why we had to go through this pain. I don't understand why Lazarus had to die. But Lord, beyond all of that, I'm just saying this right now, even now, 
I know that you can change this all around. That has to be our approach. Some of you are sitting here today and it's 30 years ago that you went through that difficulty and God lifted you out of that pain. He lifted you out of that circumstance. But today, the memory of that is still there. The the hurt of that is still there. And, And so we have to just simply say, Lord, it's not fair that I had to go through that. It's not fair that I had a divorce. It's not fair that my parents abandoned me. It's not fair that I've gone through that pain. But even so, Lord, I'm saying today, you can take that mess and you can make a message out of it today because the resurrection changes everything and you're the Lord of every difficulty that I'm facing. Notice this. Notice the response. Well, come and see. Let me show you the stinky place. Let me show you that stench-filled, dark, horrible place in my life. Let me show you. And that's all the Lord is saying today. As His Spirit is moving right now, show it to me. Show me that pain. Show me that tomb where you've rolled a stone away. There's a stink coming from behind that, and we need to deal with that today. I love this. You see, Jesus... When we invite him, he comes to the place of our pain. And notice his response when he comes. In verse 35, when Jesus came to their place of pain, he weeps. What what I don't see there is he doesn't blame them. He doesn't say, well, if you'd have just had more faith. If you'd have just prayed harder. If you hadn't got in that relationship and slept with that woman or slept with that man that you weren't married to, if you'd, have just, if you'd have just done what's right instead of what's wrong, and you can see that judgmental finger that so many people, then you wouldn't be going through what you're doing. That's what Jesus does. Sits down in their pain. And he weeps with them. I know it's not right what you've been through. And I know maybe it's not right what you did. But he doesn't come with a long, condemning, judgmental finger. But he just says, if you'll show me the place of your pain, if you'll show me where you've rolled a stone in front of that, if you just show that to me, I just want to come, and for a while, I just want to weep with you. I want to feel your heart. And I feel that today in the first service and in this first service. I feel some hearts that have been broken by rejection and pain and difficulty. And I'm I'm really kind of looking forward to getting this teaching over with because I'm carrying that that, that pain and that, but but I know how the Lord can help you. Patty, you you just, you blessed us the other day in the school of ministry. Uh, Patty's in our school of ministry and she served at another church and she got, uh, she was used and she was hurt and she was rejected. And she said when she came here, she felt that pain. You see, she just put it in the tomb somewhere. She, she didn't say this. I'm sort of adding some things to it. But she just put it in the tomb and rolled a stone away from that. And here's what she said. I will never trust again. I'll never trust another pastor. I'll never trust another church. And she's been sitting here now for quite a while. She's ministered to a lot of you. And she's ministered to a lot of us. And in our school of ministry last Sunday night, she said, the the Lord has just taken care of that. And she said, the Lord said to her, you got to learn to trust again. 
you got to learn to trust again. You see, that's what happens. We, we could go through life and we could have that infection for the rest of our life. Or we could just show him the place that we hurt. We can, we can weep with him a little bit because that happens. But then the next thing, and he was still angry. Have you ever looked at that and thought about, well, why is he still angry? The New Living Translation says that. Hey, why is he angry? He's angry because he is life and he's got to be at the place of death. He's angry when he sees that the enemy has caused you to take a pain and hide it away in a cave somewhere and roll a stone in front of that and said, I'll let everybody come this close, but nobody's going to get beyond this stone. But because beyond that stone is some of the greatest pain and the rejection that I've ever had, but the Lord says, let let me see that place. Let me see that place right now. And he meets with us and he weeps with us. And he's angry because of what the devil has done to you. That stone declares, don't come close. Don't even get close to here. Don't do that. Here's a third thing. You have to do what you can do and he'll do what you can't do. You got to do what you can do and let him do what you can't do. Jesus said to them, roll the stone away. Ever notice how he involves us in our healing and our, our deliverance? Not in our salvation. We can't do anything for that. I mean, look, come on. If you and I were Jesus on that day, there's a stone there. Wouldn't, wouldn't you just like to have been like a superhero? You know, like Thor or something? And just you could just shoot that out of your finger, point it at that rock, and go, boom, and it shatters in a million, and it's slow motion. And it just all cracks apart. We like that, don't we? We like that kind of deliverance. You see, that's why it's so important that you're involved with other people and you're part of a church. Because he says, I want you. I want you to roll that stone away. See, he's already given Lazarus resurrected life. Lazarus has already heard the word Lazarus come forth. He had to say Lazarus because he just said come forth. Everybody in that cave would have come out on that day. So see this. Lazarus has new life. But he's still in the tomb. His heart is beating. But he's all bound up. You see, that's, that's the power of being part of a church. Because you see, I, that's a picture of a lot of people. A lot of Christians have their eternity settled. They're on their way to heaven, but they're all mummified and they're hiding somewhere in a cave. And the Lord says to us as a church, I want you to roll the stone away. I, I want you to roll the stone away. Do something to help them to get from where they are. That's why we say to somebody, if you want, if you've been hurt, if you've been hurt by a church, we'll let you come and sit at the Father's house. We'll let you mend. We'll let you cuss. We'll let you swear for a while. We'll let you cry. But there comes a time you have to get over it. You have to let us help you roll the stone away. You have to let us help take the grave clothes off of you and loose you so you can begin moving about in the power and the strength of the Lord. And we have several things to help you with that. I mean, look, uh, we, have, we, have, uh, uh, we have water baptism. Once a quarter, we baptize in water. Here's what I love about water baptism. Water baptism is a significant thing that happens that says, my old life is completely past, but there's more than that. 
There is a victory that comes when you're baptized in water. And I often say to people, if you've gone away from the Lord and come back uh, in fellowship with Him, you need to be baptized in water again because there's some power that happens. I meet people all the time. They say, well, you know, I was baptized when I was a kid. But, but look, there's a victory that comes when you go down in the water and you come back. It's like a new covenant representative of what you've done. So I encourage you to take your connection card, sign up for our next time that we're going to baptize in water. It's going to help loose you and let you move in the power that God has for you. Then we have this class every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock in the back called New Beginnings. And it lasts about 30, 35 minutes. And it's a video that I put together. And there's a host that's there. And they say, look, it's a new beginning. It's how to start your life over. It's, it's after you've given your heart to the Lord or rededicated. So on a Sunday, we say to people who surrender their heart to the Lord, next Sunday at 9 o'clock, go to the New Beginnings class and then come to the 11 o'clock service. It'll help you. And then we have growth track every first, second, third, and fourth Sunday. It helps you to discover who you are and where you, where you fit in this church. And how you can make a difference with your life. Notice the progression. You're, you're moving. It's not just you're, you're all wrapped up and feeling sorry and mummified for yourself. But now you're beginning to move around. And then we have life groups. Join a life group. Join a, you, you need to be in a life group, right? Here's what will happen in a life group. You'll be in a life group with some people that are just like you. That are just fellow strugglers. And you say, you know what? I've been through a, I've been through a tough time and... I, I, I was abused or I was rejected or I was raped or I sinned and failed God. I, I got addicted. I, I, I made a mistake. And uh, I, I, I hope that, I, I hope you still love me. But I just, uh, I just need some help. You know what will happen in that small group, that life group? They'll wrap their arms around you and they'll say, you know what? I've been there too. I've been there too. Let me help, let me help take some of the, the blinders off of you that's been on your eyes that you could see that you, you, you can't see a hope. You, you can't see a future. Hey, let me, let me reach down and, and take those binders off of your hands. So as you stand, wherever you're standing, you'll be able to raise your hands and you'll be able to worship God. And if you can't raise your hands, I'll stand on one side of you and Sarah will stand on the other side and we'll lift your hands. That's the power of being in a small group. That's the power of somebody that cares for you, enough to care for you. And then beyond the life group is a place for you to become part of Team TFH. That means you find a place to serve because you see, we're only like Jesus when we're serving. But if we're all mummified and tied up feeling sorry for ourselves and have a stone roll across and we're not moving, we're not mobile, we're going to spend the rest of our life. But when we get free, we say, he set me free so that I can help you. And you know what? I'm going to do my best to find a place where I can make a difference with my life and change eternities. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I know the Lord is speaking to someone that's here today and maybe you're, you're a person that you say, first of all, I don't even know Jesus as my Savior. If I were to die right now, I'm not sure that, that, I, that I would spend eternity with him. I, I think I would spend eternity returned away from God because I don't really know him. Or maybe I used to know him, but I've made mistakes. And man, it's just my life is in such a mess. Jesus would say today, you, you just need to let me take over your life. Jesus will say to you as he said to Lazarus, come forth. 
and your heart will begin beating your spiritual life. But the thing that I think about when I look at that, Lazarus could have said, heck no, I'm not going to go back out in life. I'm just going to stay dead. But there's something about the joy of being able to live. He stepped out of the deadness into life. And if you're here today and you're dead in your sin and in, in trespasses, and you say, today, I need to invite Jesus into my heart as my Savior. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.